Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Yo! Welcome to Her Ice. This is a girls high school hockey podcast. We are live here at the Youth Hockey Hub Studios in Bloomington, Minnesota. Kicking it, keeping it real. My name is Peter Odney. I am one of your humble hosts. Here with me is my fabulous co-host, Todd Houck. Todd, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm doing well. I'm very excited about uh, our first podcast here with Her Ice. Uh, one thing about girls hockey that I have come across being a father and being a uh, fan of it is we just haven't had the opportunity to hear about this. So hopefully we're going to bring some good information to you guys and gals out there, as well as up and date, keeping what's going on with uh, Minnesota girls high school hockey. We probably should call them gals. I'd hate that they gals. call them girls. They really are young women. <laughs> um, but we're definitely do our best to keep you up to date with uh, current games, current players, uh, anything that you want to talk about. We're going to hopefully hit it. Uh, Today, if not, we'll hit it next week. We'll do our best to kind of bring what's hot, what's not, and all the good stuff. And don't forget, we are sponsored today by uh, MAP, uh, which is a great opportunity for you to get some great coaching from Mike Carmen and Eric Rasmussen, two great coaches at the MAP facility located in Mendota Heights. Uh, they have a three-month off-season program available. Uh, if you're looking for some world-class facility and coaching and training, uh, check them out at www. That's it, three or four. That's probably three www. Ws. Dot map dot hockey. We never say the W's anymore. <laughs> it's always just map.com or exactly. map.hockey. So we might be a little goofy, folks. So if you don't like goofiness, then just fast forward. We'll no, we're just, hit something else. We'll uh, we'll take as many swings as possible. Like Todd said, he is a, a girls hockey father, so he has an interesting perspective uh, going through all of the ins and outs of girls high school hockey. Myself, I worked for the Minneapolis Star Tribune on their girls hockey hub for four seasons. I did their top games for three seasons, so I am also – I like to think well-versed in I Minnesota say, girls' yep, high school you're hockey. Versed. You haven't sang about it, but you're versed. And I, I won't sing about it, but right now, Toddler and I are going to go through our top five for Class A. Toddler, why don't you kick us off, bud? All right, well, I guess one of the obvious ones we're going to throw out there is going to be the Edina Hornets. Uh, they are your back-to-back -back champions of uh, A. I think everybody's kind of have a target on their back, but I think one of the great things that um, that Sammy Reber has said about her squad, it's it's a new year. It's which, a new year. as much as Edina hockey is every year is the same, they have one goal, and that's to get the chip. And if they don't get the chip, it's a failure. But, you know, really the base on the squad they have this year, um, it's going to be tough to dethrone them. But I think there's some good teams out there. We're going to touch base on four more. But, you know, having six D1 girls uh, coming back this year, they're definitely going to um, – bring a lot of power back to uh, the Hornets and Braemar. Uh, and they're going to try to be the first back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back champions since Tonka did it 11 through 13. Three That's rings. A, the Ramsey Club. So uh, be interesting to see. But but definitely, uh, I mean, a couple of the gals I got, I mean, obviously they have uh, Jungles coming up. She's going to be a freshman, so she is phenomenal. She has dominated youth hockey including last year with the 15 A's when they won state tournament for Edina, uh, as well as they got CC Bowlby and they have Katie Davis. Uh, and also, uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pronounce this right. You may have to help me out with it. Is it <laughs> Ulin? Is that how she pronounces Uline, it? Uline, Mallory Uline, yep. the uh, senior defender who will be off to Penn State after the season. You mentioned Katie Davis. Katie, uh, born and raised in Boise, Idaho. She is a Harvard commit, and she'll find nothing but a fantastic program 
at Edina. And uh, actually, Sammy Reber let me know this morning that they have eight Division One oh, fraternities. Oh, it's eight. Your eight, story not was six. Got to be corrected. My story was wrong, and she very uh, gracefully uh, corrected my story. But the, the, the key about Udana, we, we say that and everybody gets scared about the name, but really, here's what it is. They got D1s, which is great, but they got everything. They have the scoring punch they have. They have the size. They can knock bodies around. They have the super strong defense, and all of a sudden they've got stellar goaltending. So when you have all three of those put together, that's why they're going to be one of the better teams this year, and they're going to be chased for sure. So definitely Udana's got to be one of the top in the, in the AA uh, girls. And dueling with Udana probably all the way down to the Section 6 AA finals will be the Blake Bears who fell to Edina in that section championship game, one of the best games I've ever seen in girls' hockey. Blake's got everybody back, too. Izzy Daniel, a senior heading to Cornell. She's back. She had 41 points last year. Lily DeLandis, a junior heading to Cornell, had 41 points last year. And let's not forget Madeline Wethington, who, for my money, is the best uh, defender in her age group in the country. She's headed to Minnesota next year. She had 31 points. She is back. But Blake also has a little bit of youth. They're three eighth graders. On the Blake varsity this year, Ellie Morrison, Susie Higuchi, and Samantha Bros. And, you know, they, they'll, uh, they'll be looked to to contribute right away in that Bears lineup. They will. The next one we want to make sure that you are aware of, and, and I know that everybody's kind of aware of them, is the Andover Huskies. Uh, they have been uh, – they're kind of the up-and-coming right now. Uh, obviously, with a, a lot of our eyes in, in the youth hockey, we've seen the Andover girls program just explode within the last three, four years, uh, especially the 10s, especially the 12s, kind of dominating tournaments as they come along. Um, and last year, finally getting that taste of victory as they were able to win the sections, uh, Section 7 AA against Forest Lake, so they finally got to taste it. You know, they ran up against EP last year, but that squad is, is, is loaded top to bottom. I mean, we're talking right away they got Jamie Nelson – who had over 70 points last year. Uh, they also have uh, Madison Kaiser, who's committed to the Gophers, uh, as well as they have uh, Peyton Hemp, who is also committed to the Gophers. Uh, and Peyton had over 40 points last year. So those three right there, that's just going to make Andover even stronger. So, and they retool. As their young youth teams come through, or their 15s are being is just as strong. So you just keep getting new kids and new kids. And so it makes the Andover team even stronger. So I think they're definitely one – since they've tasted state tournament now, now they got to hit the next step, and that's gonna be this gonna be a key year for them. Can they get further than the quarters, and not, you know maybe play Edina in that semifinal, or maybe even the chip? A, a rematch of how many past 12 UA and 15 UA state oh. title games. The Huskies are also pretty solid on the back end. Junior defender Kennedy Little had 20 points last year, and four of the Huskies' seven losses they went 23-7 and one. Four of those losses were by two goals or less. Two or less. That's two amazing. or less. That's, that's a heartbreaker. That is a heartbreaker. Speaking of heartbreak, we've got Brainerd Little Falls as our number four team. You want to talk about players coming back. Brainerd Little Falls has nine of their 11 leading scorers and their starting goaltender, Olivia King. She's back. Look at these names. Gabby Smith, a junior who had 39 points last year, headed to Bemidji, Cheyenne Bear. Uh, a really strong senior. She's going to Union. And Sophie Robinson, a junior defender who will go to Dartmouth. This group finished second in the state as 12 UAs in 2015. This team has been together for a long time. They know how to win, and we think that the Warriors could surprise some people coming out of Section 8 AA. Very much so. The other team I want to make you aware of is also going to be that Egan team come out of Section 3 AA. Uh, Egan's been kind of on the backside. One of their biggest uh, issues that they've had is of getting past Eastview. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about that a little later on, but Eastview has been kind of dominant within the, the 3AA uh, section. So Egan's definitely uh, coming back. And uh, we have them, you know, it's kind of back and forth. There was a couple of other teams are, are – 
could have taken that fifth spot, but uh, Egan definitely is on, on the forefront in there. It's an up-and-coming youth program, which is used to combine with other, you know, uh, uh, Rosemont. They used to have um, – Invergrove Heights. Invergrove Heights. So Egan's the up-and-coming uh, squad, and, and, and be careful of them because I think they're going to come up and bite. One of the gals you want to keep an eye on is going to be uh, Jenna Ru- Ruiz, I think that's how you pronounce Ruiz. it. Ruiz. Um, uh, she is a, a junior this year, and uh, she had 13 goals and 20 assists last year. So she's definitely a key one to keep an eye as as Egan is going to be coming, and I think they're going to be barking down uh, in the 3A house, if you would, in the section. Uh, Jenna Ruiz, one of those players who really turned it on in the postseason. She concluded the entire year with 40 points, and she she played really well throughout the section, the uh, the section playoffs. Egan, one of those teams that. You know, they, they are kind of on the bubble. There might have been another team like in Eden Prairie who might be hovering outside the top five. What gives Egan the edge for me is they return both of their goalies. Uh, Maddie Nickel and Ashley Larson are both back. If you combined them into one person, they would have gone 23-6-1 with a save percentage of 9-22, a goals against under two, and eight shutouts. And those are sparkling numbers. So if you're able to bring a goalie like that back, whereas Eden Prairie loses uh, last year's senior goalie of the year, Alexa Dobchuk, I think that – Egan can oh, yeah. uh, can move on can from Taylor Anderson. And I think quickly. another thing too is that we love knowing the numbers. We're in cyber metrics world that we live in now. That's for sure. But as Peter was saying, if you go back to some simplistics, Egan does come out of a really tough section. Eight, I mean, District Eight with the youth program, and they are slowly just getting stronger and stronger. I mean, they're going against the Lakevilles and they're going against the Woodberries and the Eastview. But they're in Rosemont, but they're slowly just becoming a little stronger in the youth program. So when you have that stronger youth program come up, guess what you're going to have? You're going to have a stronger high school program, and then that's where you're going to get your numbers. And so another reason why uh, Dan Wilson and the Wildcats are one to be watching out for this year for sure. I, well, we talked about the top five and the Double A's. What we like to talk about is. We talked about that Section 3A and why they have been just <laughs> under the gun and and they have not had any state championships from that section for the last 10 years. Why, 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 Peter, is Section 3 just under the gun? Well, I think Section 3, maybe to its uh, a lack of advantage, they do come out of the South Suburban Conference, which, which during the winter season tends to be dominated by basketball. You can find South Suburban Conference teams in the basketball tournaments for both boys and girls all over the all over the place. They send, you know, a handful of teams every year deep into the section playoffs. But I think that things are turning around for three double A girls hockey. I think it's one of the more underrated sections. Uh, Egan, like we said, finished third at last year's state tournament. And they came up with quality non-conference wins over teams like Maple Grove and Creton Durham Hall. And they lost by one to Centennial. I don't think this is a flash in the pan team. No. And it's not a flash in the pan section when you have to come out of a conference that includes Apple Valley and Burnsville and Eastview. Quality teams. Definitely stronger. Another section that we kind of want to focus on a little bit is we said, hey, let's talk about a couple sections who are under the gun, considered underdogs who just have not had that taste of experience. Obviously, we have the Adinos of the world. They're kind of taking over. You have the Breck and the Blakes. It's Section 7AA. I know that some of the big teams that come out of that is usually some smaller squads. You know, you've got the Cloquet, Esco, Carlton, Duluth, uh, uh, and Andover's in there. So, obviously, Andover's now becoming a powerhouse that we feel. But what's happened there in Elk River, uh, Zimmerman, has been there uh, for the last five years, and they have been in second place every single time. But <laughs> that team has come out of there has been that Forest Lake group has always been tough, and that was another one that we talked about, me and Peter chatting about this before before today. We're like, oh, Egan, Forest Lake, they are so the number five, six spot. They're right there, and Forest Lake is coming, and Forest Lake has been the championship game uh, section finals three years in a row. Uh, they've been in state. Uh, so it, they've just always had a great – teams 
But is I kind of think of them as kind of like a, uh, they have a couple of nice fish, but when they come against these bigger metro teams, mm-hmm. we've got more fish. It's tough to swim against those more fish teams. Absolutely. And so it's, it's kind of like the 218 teams or the 507s, the smaller communities where they do really well in their areas and their sections. But then when they get against the bigger teams who have got more quality fish, if you would, they just kind of struggle when they get to that state or they you know, lose in the quarters and they go on the left side of the bracket and hopefully have success on that side of it. So, But definitely, hey, keep your eyes open for 7-3. They could surprise you this year. They really could, especially with Andover being hot and Egan, like we said. Watch out for those two. They're coming at you. I like the mention of Elk River Zimmerman. 7AA is one of those weird sections where you might end up with four teams in the semifinals that all have you know, 16, 17, or even 18 wins, mm-hmm. just depending on how the regular season shakes out. And when, yep. you can, when you send four teams that can win like that into your semifinals, you're going to have a quality 7AA tournament. So if you get a chance to see that in the next, uh, next, uh, next February, we would highly recommend that you take in the 7AA semifinals and finals. Is it the halfway point? It's like it's like run it's like running a marathon. Except I don't think I, I don't think you've ever run a marathon, have you? No, okay, no, not. I. I think what I'm doing is I'm gonna sit back and wait for the Zamboni. We're doing intermission. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna run and go get a a pretzel. Yeah, go get a pretzel and pretzel some hot Zamboni. cheese. <laughs> well, next thing we like to chat about real quick is uh, as we've talked about our top our top five double A's and sections that were we feel are kind of underrated and they're they're ready to break out of their their shield. Uh, is teams are on, on the radar. We want you to be aware of a few teams, double uh, A and single A, that we feel are going to be in the mix this year. And they may not be the Adonis, but you know what? We want to make you aware of a couple of the teams. So one of those teams that I am really excited to kind of watch and see how they do is Centennial. Now Centennial right. obviously was right there last year on the cusp of it. Um, obviously, they came against Edina in the championship, and and but they're they're a team right there, ready to go. One thing that is against Centennial is they did lose two humongous players in Gabby Hughes and Annika Linzer. They both went to UMD. So how great is that for them both to be played together? But in the meantime, Centennial is returning some high quality. They are returning a great goalie, uh, McKenna Stadero. Stadero. I was I wasn't sure how to say that. That's I'll, a confusing one. It is. Uh, and then also Amaya Almich, who is also the second leading scorer from last year, and she's a senior. So I think she is going to be a key gal on that squad to make them reparable and, and get them up in the wins and get them more competitive. And I think Centennial is just going to go on the up and up. They're kind of like Andover, where they're moving in the right direction. Uh, I think their boys team has always had such great success, especially in the you know 2000s. They had the back-to-backs. But I think the, the Centennial girls are on the cusp of, of making big – Big noise in the pond this year. Making big noise and maybe more sustainable noise. I mean, the, for the past four years, they've been so dependent on Gabby Hughes and on Annika yep. as their primary point getters. It's time for other players to step up. And when I talked to their coach, David KB Cole, he seemed really excited about the players that he had coming back. He loves McKenna in goal. He loves the the speed and the grit that they have up front. So I like I like that pick as a team that people might may have written off as soon as Gabby and Annika graduated, but Centennial certainly has some pieces coming back that can uh, allow them to make another deep run in sections. And uh, if, we're, if we're talking about teams that very quietly, shh, quietly, quietly, why Zeta very quietly won 19 games last year. They tend to get a little overshadowed in that conference. Wait, with, say that one more time. So they're in the late conference. They're in the late conference. And they had how many wins again? They had 19 wins. That's in the, one niner. 
that's one nine in the late conference where they're obviously overshadowed by Edina. Minnetonka is another great program. Eden Prairie, another program that goes to state consistently. But they're also overshadowed in their section. I mean, they got to go up against Blake in their section. They have to go up against Edina in their section. Yeah, thank they, you. Cretan, Appreciate that. Creton Darham Hall is in that section. Yep. I mean, this is a team that flies very, very far under the radar. But listen to this. Listen to this. I'm listening. Five out of their seven losses last season were by a single goal. One. A single goal. One Five goal. out of the seven. So if you figure it. A, a few inches either way, you know, a missed net, a hit post, what have you, you could end up with a team that went 24-2-1 last year. Mm-hmm. And they bring so many pieces back. Gretchen Branton and Maddie McCollins and Alexa Ossel, they all scored 24 points or more last year. And Sammy Reber, the Adina head coach, that was her one team that she said you need to keep an eye on. They will have huge wins was her comment. So Wyzetta brings back so many pieces from a team that nearly won 20 games last year. They're, they're a team that may, might not sneak up on anyone, considering we've just blown them up for the past minute 30. Yep. But, hey, that's what we're here for. We want you to put them on the radar. Uh, a couple of the ones we want to kind of mention on the A side, and it's not that we don't love the single A, because we do. We, we love got, the We sm- got a top five for class. We have a we're top here. five. We have a top five. So you want to go the top five here. first? You want to go the radars? Maybe we should hit the top five first. Let's hit the top five. I think with the top five. We, gotta, we switch it on. We're going A, B, and then back to A. <laughs> Sound good? Let's, let's hit it. Let's hear about right. Warroad, Tyler. Warroad. Well, I'll tell you right now, Warroad is one of my one of my favorite single A's, and I'll tell you why right away. Because I grew up in Austin, and I grew up in the outstate as they, they grew up. So you kind of grew up with the, the metro versus non-metro and outstate. So you always had that little chipping show, like, oh, we got to go up there and show the show the city kids how to do things. <laughs> uh, the teams I grew up with didn't really do a great job of that, but Warroad is one of those teams that does have a mini chip, and they were right there. They had it in their grips last year against Breck. Who wasn't Blake, but of course Breck had to be Blake <laughs> to get to that chip. Warrell was right there. Last second goal, overtime goal. Warrell was right there. But here's why Warrell is definitely going to be a team to reckon with. They are returning so many good players. They're returning, um, they're returning Hendrickson and Hardwick, which are almost 100 points. Just those two. They did lose a couple. They did lose uh, Elkers last year due to graduation, but with Hardwick and with Hendrickson and also with Coons coming back and being a strong senior, as well as Cornelius, Cornelius Sen, who had uh, 62 points by herself, they are a loaded team. They're just ripping to get back into the big tournament again, and I think they have a great opportunity. And they have their schedule goes right away. They're going to play hard-hitting competition right away. They're hosting a mini-tournament. Early in the season where they're hosting Lakeville North and Minnetonka, another one that you should probably keep an eye on is those Minnetonkas. And then they have a big matchup coming up in December where they got to play Brainerd Little Falls. So right by December 15, they should have a pretty good idea where they're at. They're either going to be the top of the crop or they're going to be the bottom of the crop. And I really feel that they're going to be the top and they're definitely going to get back into the XL Energy Center. Who they play, I don't know. You know, I, I like that. It, it does seem that Warroad has gone so many years in a row, and they always seem to run into a private school juggernaut yep. once they get down there. But for so many years, what have we heard about Warroad? Well, so-and-so graduated. Where are you going to find 100 points? Well, the, they find it the next year. Yep. So-and-so graduated. Where are you going to find 100 points? Well, Olker, Olker's graduated. Where are you going to find 100 points? Genevieve Hendrickson has a chance to hit 100 points. Hannah Corneliuson has a chance to hit you know, 80 to 100 points. So Warroad has proven adept at adapting after players move on, and they've started a little pipeline with Minnesota State Mankato, where if yes. you look at their women's roster, you'll find a handful of Warroad Warriors. But that's how the big teams do it, though. I mean, you talk Edina, you talk Blake. Why do they continue to be good? Because somebody takes up. They, somebody graduates, 
and then there's a new one right behind them. So they are just retooling, and that's what World is. They're just retooling. So they just got to get past that that Blake and Breck. I think once they get past them, and you heard it right here, they're going to do it this year. Well, they won't have to get past Blake, considering Blake jumped up to they did to Double A. But if uh, if World faces Breck, it'll likely be in the state tournament again. Breck returning so many pieces. The defending state champions obviously crack our YHH top five. You look at Olivia Mobley, who she she scored thirty two goals during the regular se- during the during the course of the season, finished with forty nine points. But more impressive, five goals and nine points at the state tournament. Three points a game at the state tournament. That's going to allow your team to advance pretty darned far. And you couple her with players like Sadie Lindsay, who's committed to Minnesota, and Allie Qualley, who's committed to Merrimack. And they also returned their goaltending duo of Allie Francic and Uma Cornea. Cornea, as a seventh grader, went ten five and one and won two games at the state tournament. Breck is a young team, but even as a young team, they proved last year that they can win you know, 19 games and the state championship. You can never count out the Mustangs, no matter how young they are. And they do move on from Coach Ronda Englehart this year, so there will be a little bit of an adjustment piece. But Keith, Keith Radloff has a great reputation around the state, and uh, the Mustangs will be right there at the end. They'll be knocking at the door. Another team I want to kind of put you guys on the radar is South St. Paul. Uh, I, I think the love about that, too, is as is, is much as St. Paul's broken up in all the little pieces, even though Minneapolis doesn't do that. My former my St. Paul cohort here will bark with me about that one. But <laughs> it's can, nice to have maybe. a city city school, even though that really is city school. But but South St. Paul, I think, is trying to get back to the dominance where they were back in early part of, of, of girls' uh, high school hockey. And here's a couple of reasons why. Last year they had a record of 19-5-2, so nothing to slouch at. Same as Wyzetta. City school, city <laughs> suburb, 19 wins, and they did lose a little bit, but they are returning a couple good seniors. They're, re- they're returning uh, – my brain just turned off for a sec. They're returning Deering, who just committed to uh, Bemidji State, mm-hmm. and also Reynolds. Those gals right there, Reynolds led the team with 20 assists last year, Ella Reynolds. So those two key elements are going to be jumping into the mix and going to make them a formidable figure in Section 4. So you're here to right here. Dave Palmquist is going to bring him right back. <laughs> He's going to get him into there's the mix. A, there's a name I haven't heard for a long time, Dave, Dave Palmquist. South St. Paul took St. Paul United to the – that's our next team on our list. St. Paul United, they took them to the brink in last year's section for a title game. United escaped with a 2-1 win to go to their fourth state tournament in the last five years. But St. Paul United is one of those those schools that starts kids really young. And they had a great class that is starting to eventually age out. They lose Samantha Burke, their leading scorer from last year. Yep. The cupboard isn't totally bare, and I think that the coaching staff there has proven they can win with whoever shows up. So right now they've got Catherine Karen, who's their leading their leading returning scorer. She'll be off to Princeton after the season. Jenna Hoops is another player to keep an eye on. And like Breck, they bring back the uh, the rotation of Kenzie Geese and Jillian Anke in the nets. When you can bring back your goaltenders – Everything builds from the crease out. So if you have a strong foundation between the pipes, your team is going to rely on that. They're going to have a lot more confidence moving the puck. Uh, One point to make about St. Paul United, very small roster. Three goaltenders and ten skaters. Ten skaters. Ten skaters. They must have one. was a misprint. They they must have one hell of a conditioning program. Or they just have got to, they're kind of, maybe they're waiting for the 15s or or they're kind of see what's left, you know, if there's some 15s that want to move up. Uh, I know they have most, most girls have all had their trials now. So 
it might be just a typo. But uh, so South St. Paul, uh, I'm sorry, not South St. Paul. Uh, well, South St. Paul, if you <laughs> want to email, same section, same if you want to email Youth Hockey Hub, you certainly can. Um, but I, I think uh, St. Paul United, if there's different numbers, let us know so we can kind of get you up to date because we want to give you the love for sure. Yeah. Um, one more that's on the single A that I don't know enough about, but I, we got out of our our, <laughs> our rotation was Alex and. Uh, Peter knows a little bit more about Alex. So, Peter, what's more about Alex? And why should I think they're going to be in a top five team this year? You know, Alex is one of those teams that I, I was doing random research probably at three o'clock in the morning last year, and I and I thought, whoa, 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 look at look at Alex, look at look at the balance, and look how highly they're ranked. Alexandria has actually been to the past five Class A state tournaments. That that is continuity, and that is a culture. And right now that culture is the benefactor of having three excellent players returning. McKenna Ellingson is back. Alexis Heckert is back. Marky Oberg is back. Alexandria is one of those state tournament participants from last year that returns a significant portion of their scoring. So I, I think they'll be okay. They also return their starting goaltender. And when, like I said, when you go to state five years in a row, uh, there's a good chance that you know exactly how to do it. Six of eight uh, leading scores from last year and Amanda Bittman between the pipes. There it goes. But, you know, usually at 3 o'clock, I'm not um, – there's a song, I think, about that. 3 o'clock, and I'm I'm doing research. I'm not sure. It was a, a thousand songs. It's goes. a lonely life I it, lead. No, it's, it's, a, it's a good life, though. It's hockey or, or sleep. That's usually what you do. Hey, another <laughs> one to throw on the radar, too, and I, I, I just want to throw this a quick blip, is Proctor uh, Hermantown. Um, last year, the record was 13-12. and 12. Uh, Not the most impressive record, but for the most part, the reason why I wanted to put them on the radar is because every single year they're always in the mix – when it comes to the youth program, another piece is last year. Since they were they run, runners up to Edina Green in the 15A championship, so some of those girls will be moving up. And obviously, with those smaller programs, you're going to be filtering in a lot of those eighth and ninth graders. You're going to be starting right away. Um, obviously, it works with Warroad, it works with Blake and the bigger programs. But I think with Herman, with Proctor Hermantown, and it's a two on it. So I love the small schools and I love the small towns. You know, obviously, I, we follow Hermantown all the time with the boys side, mm-hmm. uh, with youth or high school. But anyway, so. P&H, the Mirage, keep an eye on them because I think they're going to do some damage this year. How much, I don't know, but they're going to be on your map, so put them on your map right now. And even if they don't do any damage, there will be someone eating a goldfish in a Twitter Live video. Yes. Yeah, we love that those. Was, that, was a, that, was an interesting, that was an interesting nugget of research that popped up while I was at the Breck proctor Hermantown <laughs> game last year. One of, one of my under-the-radar teams has the unfortunate uh, lot in life of living with Warroad. In their, in their section. I really like Thief River Falls. They return their leading scorer in Shelby Bryland. It seems that if it's not Warroad, it's Thief River coming out of that section. So I think Thief River, the lay prowlers, will, uh, will be a team to keep an eye on down the stretch. And let's not, let's not go but forget that they did win the state championship in 2015. So they, are, they have tasted success. That's a full class afterwards but hey, they're due for that new class that coming up and like you said it's a good section and it's gonna be them or world so definitely another one to keep an eye on the she prowlers can i call those Sh- or Sh- late Sh- prowlers prowlers Sh- prowlers we'll look up the french we'll, we'll look, look up at the, that. the french right. pronunciation while, while he's looking up that one <laughs> we want to touch base with a couple games as we are on the peak on the eve of the girls High school season, which gets underway tomorrow. But there's a couple games, as we like to call the G.O.W., Games of the Week, games that you should be paying attention to. And obviously (laughs) the big one that's that's going to crack this whole thing off is Edina Andover. How much – I mean, that's that's like this NFL says, I tell you what, 
our first game on Thursday night will be the rematch of the Super Bowl from last year. <laughs> Not the rematch of the Super Bowl, but I think both these teams could possibly be in the Super Bowl Super. of Class AA girls hockey. I don't disagree. we got two top five teams going at it game one. Ain't no cupcakes on this schedule. No, no. Idana has a – you want to be in the top. brutal opening. They br- what is their brutal opening? Tell me about that brutal I know we can't chat about it. I know you got it written down. That brutal opening. I got it scratched out down here somewhere. They will start with Andover. I believe Blake is coming up right after that, and then they will play Creighton Darham Hall, who had a little bit of a down year last year, but Creighton Darham Hall is one of those teams that's always capable of winning between 15 to 18 games. So Edina is starting hot right out of the gates. Another one to keep on your radar that's – I think uh, there's uh, eight games starting tomorrow, but the one which I was kind of surprised in this one, it caught my eye, Stillwater, Matamidi. First game of the season, and you're going to get your rival? I think that is crazy. The youth program are always battling each other, whether it's boy side or girl side. So, and I know that comes right up to the high school, and there's a little bit of animosity between both cities and suburbs because there's team, there's kids that will go back and forth. There'll be mm-hmm. Matamidis, and then there'll be still, or they'll go back and forth. So, to start off your season against your arch rival, I think that's a you got to watch it. You've got to be blood on there. flowing right away. Blood flow. That's at Matamida. So, hey, pay attention if they're over there in M-Town. The, the best part about that rivalry is that they share a rink. I know. I love that. I love that. I think that's so great. I want every team that shares a rink to have that type of rivalry. A couple of the big ones to watch, too. Uh, uh, Jefferson does travel over to Tartan to play North St. Paul Tartan. Uh, obviously, their best ones. And i got to give some love to the Jags because uh, <laughs> that's one, that's my home, uh, one of my home schools. And so that's definitely one to have the Jags uh, looking for a big season this year. But another one, a big one to watch before the next time we chat with you, which is I'm really super about this one, excited, Centennial and Breck. That's on the 10th. That's, that's three days, so that's going to be on Saturday night. But talk about a matchup right away. A couple teams that we have either on the radar or a top five, that's going to be a barn burner right off the, the start. We, we will have a full girls' high school hockey preview published on the website tomorrow, youthhockeyhub.com. Toddler and I have burned through about 30 minutes of content here. We think it went really well. Give but us we your have, feedback. We have three questions we got trace commas. We always finish with three questions. Kind of we did our one minute. So that question we have one minute. Trick. It's one minute before. Let's hit it. It's after. All right, here we go. Uh, and I don't know how you can do it. You answer them all or I'll answer them as well. But, hey, let's talk about what your favorite game of the week is going to be. Oh, my favorite game of the week. We're going to pick one. It's a favorite. I, if I have to pick one. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. There's nothing started so far. Because this I, will be usually what's coming up or behind us. But You know, I know I know Edina and Anvover. Andover kick us off, but I got to go with Blake and Edina. Mm. Blake and Edina, a rematch of the Section mm-hmm. 6AA finals. That is a game that I will certainly be at. That is juicy, juicy. All right, next question. What are you looking forward to in this upcoming girls' high school hockey season? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to see how this all this young talent plays out. The, the girls – are starting to commit younger and younger. They're yes. starting to commit as eighth graders and as freshmen and as as uh, that's another as, podcast by itself. As, <laughs> as, a, as underclassmen and as the the youth level of girls hockey, the talent level has risen so rapidly over the past you know five ten years that those kids are starting to get to high school now. So it'll be interesting to see how the the young talent parlays itself with uh, with older and more seasoned kids. For sure. All right, number three. He has no idea what number three is. That's why it's three questions. Number three, 
Peter, what is your favorite variety of potato? Variety of pota- sweet potato. Sweet potato. Is that a question? Well, it's kind of looking at like how would you like your potato prepared? Oh, that I variety. Like, Maybe I phrase it wrong. Like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get real, real bougie up in here. I like okay. to do cubed sweet potatoes mm. with fennel. And I like to braise the whole thing in uh, Bloody Mary mix. Non-alcoholic Bloody Mary mix. Of course. So, like, tomato juice, a little Worcestershire, a little Tabasco. And I like to create kind of a slurry of sweet potato, fennel, and tomato juice. A slurry of sweet potatoes, like slurry potatoes. Can I guess your favorite potato? You can. Baked potato? No. Damn. <laughs> tater tots. Tater tots. Any place that has tater tots, you ask them for them. Extra crispy, a couple of joints in Bloomington. Shantytown, their tater tots are phenomenal. Oh my Willie gosh. McCoy's are good. Ask for extra crispy. But uh, tater tots is right up uh, my favorite type of potato this week. You, you're right at home at a concession stand, aren't you? Uh, well, yeah, I like pretzels, but not every single day. <laughs> well, I folks, we have uh, looked at the clock and the wall, and we have uh, come up to our time. So we want to thank you very much for being a part of the first Her Ice. want to thank Peter for his research and as well as all his analysts. And, uh, again, uh, we look forward to talking to you next time when we are doing the same thing, same bat channel, same bat time. This is Her Ice. This is Todd Hulk for Petey Odney. We'll check you later. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool, all about the bounce in my step. Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used